You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So, here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced, Produced by Yan. Diaspora Blues acknowledges this program is presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present, as well as the owners of the land you're hearing us from, wherever that may be. You're tuned into Diaspora Blues. It is 15th of March. If you're listening to us live, you're either at the Women's March for Justice or at least know someone that's there. Um, As we speak, there are coordinated marches happening across Australia. The protests, uh, for those who don't know, are a response to the ongoing gender violence that has recently gained public attention. These protests are so, so important and kudos to everyone there. But I'm curious, right, would such protests have gathered these kind of numbers had the focus been on black women or migrant women, maybe asylum seeker and ex-detainee women, trans women, women who also sit on the intersections of these identities. We're aware that this protest is for all women, um, but race and class, as you know, always play a role in who gets to be mourned and unfortunately who is seen as a victim of their own circumstances. Um, So changing track and on a more positive note, today we have another excellent interview. The fabulous, fabulous, serious Meerkat spoke to the collective way over there, a group of artists, programmers and producers from South East Melbourne. It's a probing interview and a reminder of why we need safe spaces for black and brown communities. We really hope you enjoy that interview. Hi, Hi. we're from Braver College and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio on 8.55am. Welcome to another episode of Diaspora Blues. I am Sirius Meerkat. Today, I am speaking with the wonderful people from Way Over There Collective. When I first learned about them, I was just reminded of this idea of how people during lockdown have sort of gravitated to finding community and trying to build community. So I'm very excited for this conversation. So as we get started, guys, um, please introduce yourselves to everyone and just tell them a little bit about yourself as an artist or creative. Um, My name is Sol and my pronouns are she, her. A little bit about myself as an artist, um, I've kind of been a painter for a long time um, and recently I've been getting more into performance art and um, more so improv spoken word performance um, mm. yeah and it's been really enjoyable for me I've been uh, really focusing on collaborating with other uh, people who 
whose practice aligns with mine and whose values align with mine. And it's really worked for me um, in the last couple of years. So yeah, I kind of um, have been studying um, a fine arts degree and then took a couple of years off to have my baby. Mm. And in those two years, I kind of rediscovered, um, yeah, like trying to find my way back to that creative place, um, mm. the place of making again. And yeah, it's been really an interesting journey and a good space to be in. Um, I'm Jess. Um, my main medium and our practice is photos and words and just sort of trying to storytell in different ways. Um, actually, the way Sol and I originally met a couple years ago um, was I ran a exhibition um, just out of high school. I just wanted to create something in the area and I just um, invited Sol to be part of my exhibition. So um, I guess mainly the past couple of years I've been doing more producing and um, yeah, creative producing work as opposed to too much arts based work. But yeah, trying to figure it all out. <laughs> that sounds good. It's a beautiful journey, it sounds like. Well, which actually leads me to the next question. How did you guys meet and how did the collective start? Well, actually, Jess and I met a while ago, and this is kind of the um, link between me and and I'm sure Jess as well and a lot of the other uh, members of the collective. Um, we all kind of met on our own separate journeys and were brought together last year. Mm. Um, I met Jess through a documentation project, um, an archival project that I started in 2016, and Jess was in one of the first iterations of um, it's kind of like an interview archive so Jess, I met Jess then and Jess was still in high school and that was awesome. And we kind of just stayed in touch and I was part of, you know, a few exhibitions here and there that Jess did. And um, yeah, just kind of have been collaborators since then. Mm. Um, as for the other members, um, we've all sort of lived and worked in this community with um, mutual people, mutual friends and mutual um, people who work in the arts in this community. And um, yeah, we've kind of just heard of the work that each other does and have really mm-hmm. admired each other's work and wanted to, I guess, connect um, and be put in touch face to face. Yeah, what about you, Jess? How, how did you find you connected with everyone? Yeah, pretty much just that, just sort of um, mutual people we know that work in arts and in the area and just sort of getting us all in touch and saying, look, you guys all sort of have this plan for doing different projects, which was meant to be. Um, in 2020 before uh, everything fell apart but um, you know we had a lot of plans individually and you know as we were talking and sort of getting to know each other we realized how well all of it aligned together and how we were just such a stronger yeah stronger unit stronger together um, as a collective and that we could just sort of pull all our communities together really and just Get more connection, collaboration, so many more things happening, you know, in a shared space, even yeah. if it's a virtual space. <laughs> Absolutely. Talk about putting someone on. Like, I love this idea because it's just like the community banding together, like you said, stronger together. And it's just so beautiful to see because I feel like in the community, or at least like in the diaspora community, or, you know, people who've been displaced community, there's sometimes a debate around us not supporting our own communities enough. And so it's nice to see organizations like yours and collectives like yours coming together and kind of, you know, just 
doing the work, which is beautiful. And how did how did the name come about? I love that. I think, yeah, I don't know. Our name was a funny thing because it's so hard to figure out what you name your baby in a sense. And you know, Sol's done it before. She did it pretty well, but I don't know. Coming up with it as a collective and just trying to you know think of something we all liked and represented us well. Um, but we really wanted to focus on something that wasn't too corporate sounding. We wanted to have something that was really sounded like it was from the community and sounded like it was in our collective voices. Um, and yeah, just, I think before we met one day, I just thought, oh, what about, I don't know. I just thought, what about, you know, way over there, we're pretty over here. And I just thought about the different sort of implications of this idea of being over there. Um, and I mean, even further way over there um, and just sort of the different meanings, you know, us as people who are often marginalised from the societies we're part of um, and then also physically just being very distant in the southeast um, and always feeling like we're sort of separate from this main hub area of, you know, what's going on um, in the city Mm. And yeah, really wanting to own that. And I just also really liked the acronym what. I just thought that was quite a funny <laughs> challenge, punchy name, you know, straight yes. away. Yeah, no, yeah. it sounds so good. And I think, yeah, that that idea of place, like you mentioned, is is really fascinating to think about for displaced persons and people that are, you know, visitors on this land. Like, how do you move through? a place without losing yourself, which is um, something I've seen um, on your website talking about navigating predominantly white spaces. Like, um, how do you find that? Like, what's what's been your experience? That's so interesting. Um, we have had a few run-ins and it's really funny because we're just such a new collective um, and it's just so obvious um, that a lot of spaces, you know, around us that say that they're for us um, are predominantly white spaces. Um, so recently we've been doing some programming and um, yeah, there's just been like a few hiccups here and there um, within that period of time. So it's just kind of interesting navigating that. And I guess um, there's different voices, I think, from within the collective. Um, we've got a kind of well-rounded, we all got, you know, different personalities, but it, it all kind of balances out, I think the way some people react <laughs> um, kind of just moves my head a little bit and just speak, you know, directly and very, I guess, like emotional and sensitive. And I, yeah, I feel it when certain um, situations or things are said or, you know, someone's kind of gatekeeping a space or, um, you know, they, don't, they think we're too political. I kind of get a little bit sensitive, whereas there's other people in the group who navigate it in a way that's like, you know, I've heard other other what members say things like you know well those community spaces are our spaces like we can reclaim those spaces and we can go into those spaces and mm. act like they are ours because they are because we we are community members and we, we pay to you know to use these facilities so you know trying to distance your emotional um kind mm. of radar with these things for me is pretty hard but I'm really glad I get to lean back onto the group um and the team to yeah, have a well-rounded approach to navigating predominantly um, mm, yeah. white. That's actually Absolutely. a really good response, but it, it's so valid to feel that hurt as well, in a sense, or to feel that sensitivity. Because exactly, it's a hurtful thing, you know, for you to feel like this is, you know, 
part of me, like these spaces, like I'm so excited to be part of them and, you know, to bring mm-hmm. our work to them, but, and to, to be met with sometimes challenges and to be met with, you know, roadblocks that just seem unnecessary. It is really jarring and yeah. And it's totally valid to feel that sort of emotional response mm-hmm. as well. We hope you're enjoying Sirius Meerkat's interview with the collective way over there. We'll hear more from this incredible group after this short community announcement. FreeCR's Binary Bardstein broadcast is airing seven hours of trans and gender diverse radio in the lead up to 2021 Trans Day of Visibility and as part of BiHealth Awareness Month. Bringing the noise to the Western gender binary. Tune in on Sunday 21st of March between 12 noon and 7pm to hear trans and gender diverse voices busting binaries including in areas of art, culture, politics, well-being and resilience. Towards the Transgender Day of Audibility. For more information head to 3cr.org.au forward slash binary busting. The 3CR Binary Busting Broadcast Project is financially supported by a Pride Events grant from the Victorian Government. Welcome back. You're tuned into Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio program. So we've been listening to an interview that Sirius Meekat did with the collective way over there, what for short. So far, we've heard the group talk about the inspiration behind their name, the trials and tribulations of a new collective, and navigating predominantly white spaces. All right, in this final half of the interview, the crew share what they've been working on and get into the debate that keeps people of color up all night, whether to take a seat at the table or not. What sort of art are you both sort of interested in um, showcasing with the collective or I guess patronaging or you know putting out there, that sort of thing? So we have different kind of, there's so much, you know, there's so much that we could do. There's so much talent around us and so much really amazing work to see. Um, no no spaces really to show it around, but um, we're trying to create some, uh, first of all, like visually exhibitions and opportunities where people can have sort of like open studio um, time um, just like a little announcement sort of thing. We have like an artist in residence program coming up um, mm-hmm. in winter here where like, yeah, some artists will get chosen to have exciting. Paid, yeah. So a paid um, artist in residency opportunity. And um, yeah, through that, we're hoping to just visually um, get our community involved to, to view these people's work and view their practice and view their art and get involved. Um, n- not necessarily we don't really want to box people into like making artwork about their experiences or all of these things that kind of um, were assumed to, you know, have to speak to throughout art. Um, Yeah. So just giving people space to show things. So we have an exhibition coming up um, in May called called Myriad. Um, So Jess can speak to that kind of topic a bit more. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, and, and just sort of speaking generally as well, um, it's so interesting to see, I guess, we're interested ourselves, even though we're part of what, but to see what it'll eventually 
become as well and what you know will be at different stages of its life course because I think mm. you know we're really open to whatever whatever presents itself to us in a sense or whatever we find um is needed needed in our communities we do have myriad coming up um exhibition mm. that's sort of the topic is just I suppose talking about this idea of collectiveness um the idea of many things coming together mm. and things having nuance and complexities and difference within a collective I think that's what something mm. we wanted to explore was. um yeah so that's what that will be about and feature a lot of work from what artists because we don't really have too many chances to get um to mm. get our work out there as well so that'll be a chance to see the stuff that what also creates yeah that's beautiful because I understand um the collective focuses on um people from BAME and BIPOC groups um and for those who may not know um can you please explain the two acronyms so um BAME is black Asian minority ethnic groups and BIPOC um black indigenous people of color um and our community is just you know so multiculturally dense um so yeah we just you know we're, we're surrounded by people and and you know these people who create these amazing things every day mm. uh, yet the facilities um in our area there's there's not really too many spaces out here um that you know in in terms of uh, spaces to show your art and show your work and um, have that opportunity to, to be involved in something, you know, in, in the arts industry. Um, it's the chance is so low that, you know, even the work that we're doing is just a little bit of a step up from, from the ground um, sort of thing. So, yeah, like that makes a lot of sense because I feel like yeah. there's, um, yeah, there's not that many opportunities. And so that debate comes up of, you know, do you, fight for a seat at the table or do you create your own um and you know like what what do you guys think about this obviously like you've you've gone and created the collective um but I'm just curious about um what you think about that yeah I think um yeah I think going back to, as well just to what I was saying before about you know um things kind of just not being in place yet it's it's yeah I feel that it's unfair for a lot of people in this area to have to be pushed out you know or even in organizations um everywhere you know a lot of the time we're the people that are pushed out and have having to look for work somewhere else or having to look for opportunities elsewhere um you know closer towards the CBD most of the time um yeah and I just think that it shouldn't we shouldn't have to be um move our whole life to have opportunities in something that you're interested in mm. um so yeah I think I think what you were saying about you know fighting for a seat at the table or creating you know creating that space yourself um I think it's honestly situational like I, mm. I think if you're in a space where you can you know get a seat at the table with people who need to hear mm. you know your voice or the voices of people around you through you um yeah i think that you should do that and there's been times where i've done that and it's scary but um mm-hmm. you know but then also at the same time in this in this situation with what like if there's not already a, a group of people that are fighting for these spaces and and kind of spotlights for 
local artists, then, you know, you kind of have to force it and create that seat at the table, create the whole table, like mm. just make I think, I think, yeah, we kind of just really charged it and we've, yeah, been reaching out to community centres all around and just starting programs from ideas and the ground up and negotiating with people and you know from that we have like safe spaces and art club and mm. you know lots of different opportunities for exhibitions and residence programs and lots of different things and that's just in a year so you know that's why I'm so proud of our group because we yes absolutely yeah no like it's like so so inspiring and so empowering and it just re-inspires you because finding that community or finding that collective power. I think it's so important to all of our liberations. Um, and so specifically now talking about safe space series, coming back to that, um, I love it because we need more of this. We need to be like able to speak honestly, right? So how did safe space series come about? I don't know if I remember the, the, the initial seed of it or anything I don't know if you remember song I think I think honestly it was just like um in our meetings we kept having these <laughs> meetings here and all we would do the whole time was just talk about our experiences and our frustrations um mm. at work our daily lives with our families we just come to these meetings <laughs> and you know we would talk like three hours straight and it wouldn't even be about work or anything we're just all getting to know each other and there was no structure sort of thing and at one point, you know, one of us was just like, guys, I think we need to actually have an agenda for these meetings and get shit done. We can't just, you know, um, mm. hear and talk. And it was like, but people need a space to talk about these things because a lot of the time we don't, we can't talk to our, you know, boss. We can't talk to our colleagues. We can't talk mm. to our family. Things. And just, and, and just backtracking a little bit, um, what is Safe Space Series? Yeah. Um, Jess, do you want to talk about what safe spaces are? Yeah, um, pretty much it's just a regular space for BIPOC people, communities, families, whoever wants to really join us and however many, we're always welcome to more and more people um, to come together and share space and um, collectively learn, share, chat, educate. Um, our idea, I guess, stemmed from having a malleable sort of space where we can change it depending on what the community needs at the time. So um, initial idea, I guess, stemmed from, I think one of our members mentioned, oh, I'd love to have a group that, you know, if I wanted to go to an exhibition or a show, I could just, you know, message this group and they would be like, all right, I'll go with you, you know, just to have people with sort of, I guess, like-minded and, you know, same, similar interests um, that you could reach out to. But yeah, so the idea for it is just malleable based on what we want to focus on that, um, month but we have two a month mm. um one at bundle place studio and one at salandra community hub um each month mm. and yeah it's open to all and we, we always welcome people wanting to choose the topics for us you know if they mm. really think that we should focus on something run a workshop be a guest speaker that sounds um, so good it's <laughs> all of that and what makes a um a safe space safe how does one cultivate that? We had a lot of conversations about this. <laughs> this is a big thing to unpack. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of like, 
it's a lot of responsibility saying, you know, we're going to create a safe space. And like, it's, it's one thing to say it and, and it's another thing to actually do it. Um, I think one of the standard things that, you know, may be really obvious to everyone, but is at the, at the very beginning of every safe space, um, we just have a list of rules that everyone, you know, gets by email and also we read it out to anyone who comes into the space um, saying, you know, what we will and will not tolerate in this space. Um, it was, it was, it was much easier online because we could just remove people from the group. Um, and, you know, we could, I think that was, you know, kind of a good start. Um, COVID was a good start to just pilot it and see, see what happens, but no trolls kind of came in and said anything kind of stressful or anxiety based. That's but. good. <laughs> a relief for us. <laughs> but, um, you know, it came to light that when we were doing the in-person ones, there could be people who kind of just come and say really hurtful things, um, and I just think that that's not okay. And, you know, I think one of the rules is so important. It's like about unpacking and discussing um, why someone said something hurtful, why that's wrong mm. and or why that's not accepted in this space. Um, and, you know, I think it's really important that it's a safe space too. So you can't just, you know, tell people you're cancelled, that's it, get out. Mm. Um, so it's obviously situational based, but um you know if someone does say something derogatory or discriminatory or hurtful um it's important to to tell them hey that's not okay in this space and this is the reason why if you feel like you're gonna you know um, hurt someone again maybe it's not a good time for you to be here maybe you can come back to another one um but we just wanted you to know that that's not okay and then support the person that was hurt so i think that's one thing that's really important and um Another thing is that um, we wanted to, like all of the ones that were online were um, like BIPOC only. That was that was nice, just having that space. At Bunjil Place, you know, we had sort of an allies, allies welcome attitude towards it and it went really well. It was kind of, you know, dominated by, by BIPOC people, um, which is amazing and like rightfully so. It's kind of, you know, their space, our space. But yeah, I think just reminding everyone of all the rules and one mm. being like, like think about how much space you're taking up and think about people who may um, need that 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 platform and that space and that time to speak more than you at that at that point in time. So mm, absolutely, that sounds it sounds multi-directional and supportive, and also there's almost like an element of intuitiveness to it because you kind of got to work with everybody else and be able to not mind read, but be able to take things in. Um, that sounds, that sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for creating a space like that. Um, hopefully I can make one of these. <laughs> it's much needed. Looks like that's about all the time we have for today. If people wanted to find out more about the collective and what you do, um, where can they find you? On Instagram and Facebook, wherever they're collective. And then our website is wayoverthercollective.online. You can send us an email if anyone ever wants to email us, wayoverthercollective at gmail.com. Um, but other than that, yeah, our DMs are open. People can chat to us. Oh, wonderful. It's been awesome chatting to you both and learning more about what you do and your role in the collective. Thank you so much for doing this work, honestly. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. 
That interview was very amazing. I loved it. I mean, I've heard it before because I was part of editing it, but it's just incredible to hear it again. Thank you so much to Way Over There Collective. You can check out the group and all the activities that they have planned at wayoverthercollective.online. They're also on Instagram at wayoverthercollective, one word, and of course, Facebook way over there collective and that's about it from us up next we have paul factor with urban voices see you all next week 